Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dear saints, and most especially dear Joyce and Ken and Brian, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Eighty-seven years ago, God knit Everett together in his mother's womb, and he was fearfully and wonderfully made. And God brought him safely into this world. But Everett was conceived in sin and brought forth in iniquity, and because of that was subject to death from the very first day of his life. George and Esther, his parents, they knew this. They knew that he was sinful and that he would one day die, just as all do. And so they turned to the Lord and they planned for Everett's salvation. They knew that the Lord does not delight in the death of the wicked and that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross and win salvation. They also knew 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21 that says, baptism now saves you. So, on January 5th, 1934, they took helpless little Everett, who couldn't even talk or walk or think, who could barely open his eyes. They brought him in their arms into the church, walked up to the font, brought him to the water of holy baptism, where the pastor, who was his own grandfather, poured water upon him and said, Everett, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it was at that moment that God left his throne in heaven and joined Everett in those waters, and there he washed away all of his sins. And it wasn't just the sin that he was born with, but all of the sin that he would ever commit in this short life. And there the Lord clothed him with perfect and holy righteousness that comes from Christ, who loved Everett and gave his blood for him. Well, throughout the years, he grew up in wisdom and in stature, and he continued learning God's word. And his pastor, that is his own grandfather, taught him everything that baptism means and everything that Jesus did to save him. And then again on May 9th, 1948, His own grandfather, Edward Fisher, the pastor of the church, confirmed him in the faith. And the pastor asked him, said, Everett, do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all rather than even death, rather than fall away from it? And Everett said in that moment, I do by the grace of God. And then that was the first time that the pastor took and looked at him and took the bread of communion and said, take and eat. This is the body and blood of Christ given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And then on that day, his father and his mother, they thanked God and they prayed for Everett earnestly that God would keep him and that he would not deny the faith that he was confirmed in. Then after having been confirmed, he continued to live this life, which is a great and glorious blessing of God, even in the midst of all trouble and strife. Throughout the years, he sinned. Everett sinned and he failed and he felt guilt and shame just like we all do. 
But through it all, he kept going to church and repenting and remembering his baptism and receiving the Lord's Supper and trusting in the forgiveness of sins that does not waver. And then in the midst of all of this, he found a way to go to college, get a bachelor's degree in agriculture on June 6, 1955, which was something he was passionate about and something he was extremely good at. Uh, it's also the reason he would chastise us after church when we didn't have orange juice and things like that. <laughs> Shortly after this, and just days before his 23rd birthday, God took away Everett's loneliness and blessed him and gave him a lovely wife named Joyce. And when God brought them together, this was God's doing. What God joins together is his doing. Everett pledged his life to her. And looking back, we now know that God had 65 years of marriage in mind when he did this. And on that day, October 13th, 1956, uh, they stood before the altar and Everett looked at Joyce and stood before the pastor and the church and before God himself and said, I take you, Joyce, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part according to God's holy will. And I pledge to you my faithfulness. And throughout the years, in the midst of the common tests and trials that every single marriage on earth faces and goes through, Everett and Joyce did not give up but they remained true to one another and repented to one another and forgave one another and went to church with one another and knelt before the altar of God with one another and ate and drank the very body and blood of Christ with one another in church week after week, trusting that the Lord who died for them will never forsake them. And then one day God blessed them with a son and then he did so with another son, with Ken and Brian. And they brought them to church while they were still infants and baptized them in the same water of holy baptism to receive the same gift of salvation, which is free in Christ. And then throughout his days as a husband and a father, he worked as a citrus grower to make a living. And from what I've heard, he was one of the most efficient and faithful workers he worked his way up to be the general manager, and he labored faithfully from that first day until his last days uh, just here in February of this year. Now, I don't know much about this, but I did hear accounts of his work ethic and who he was as a person. And you've told me how he took every uh, real estate class available, but that he never went ahead and got the license, not because he couldn't finish the work, but because he simply wanted the knowledge, but never wanted to make a profit off of it. He gained the knowledge, but denied the recognition that would come with that knowledge just so that he could help others. Uh, you've also told me how he would always make sure everything was fair at work. This was uh, almost an obsession of his, but that he did this not because he wanted his fair share, but because he wanted everyone else to have their fair share. He wanted to be faithful to what he promised them. And whatever he did in this world, he did even more in the church. 
when this church was in financial trouble with an enormous burden of debt and simply couldn't pay the mortgage or the lights, all of a sudden the check would hit the bank and the lights were back on. That was Everett. And when the building needed repairs and when things needed to be fixed, some would just say, look, just get Everett's men to come and fix this, not knowing that it actually cost something to do that. Well, the church never saw the bill for that either because that too was Everett. And when it came time to give the children a playground and a newly, newly furnished rooms, that was Everett too. And the list goes on and on. And he was faithful and he was loyal to this church because he knew that this was the place that God baptized him and forgave him and saved him. <clears throat> Joyce, when I visited with you, I asked you, I said, uh, tell me something about Everett. Um, and you said, well, what can I say? His life was the church. Which is just another way of saying his life was Jesus. His life was everything Jesus did for him. And this is exactly what St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. He says, for me to live is Christ. And for me to die is gain. So if I could describe Everett in one word, I would, I would say this. I would say faithful. But I want you to understand me well. I'm not saying that Everett never sinned. Or that he never did anything wrong. Or that he was perfect. I know, I know nothing against the man. I have nothing against him. But I do know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that included Everett. The wages of sin is death. So I'm not saying that he was without sin, but what I am saying is this, that even though he was sinful, he always knew who to look to for forgiveness. And he never looked to himself. He never looked to himself to get himself into heaven. For that, he looked only to Jesus. And he relied not upon his own faithfulness to God, as faithful of a man as this was. Rather, Everett relied upon God's faithfulness to him. And so, he would sit right back there in one of those chairs. Uh, as you're exiting, you will see that chair. That is where he would sit each and every Sunday. And from that chair, he would confess that he was a poor, miserable sinner. And then he would walk right up here and um, stand right there and fall to his knees, even at 87 years old. Just three weeks ago, he was right there. And he would bow down before the Lord who made him and loved him. And he would receive the body and blood of Christ. And he did this week after week after week because he knew that no matter how many times he came with sin and guilt and burdens and troubles and sickness and disease, the Lord himself would be here every single time taking away all of those things and giving him peace and a good conscience. And Everett loved this about God. He never wanted to live a moment without it. Look, Everett was a faithful man. He was, a faithful, he was faithful to God, but God was more faithful to him. 
And that's what Everett knew and he loved about Jesus. Psalm 89 says this, I will sing of the loving devotion of the Lord to me forever. With my mouth, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. Again, Lamentations 3 says, Great is your faithfulness, Lord. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is what Everett did. He loved and believed that no matter how great and many sins he had, Jesus would never tire of forgiving them all. He loved hearing and singing and studying and thinking about everything Jesus did on the cross to save him. And he loved how much God loved him. He loved hearing this. I know you loved Everett. I know all of you loved Everett. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love Everett. You love Everett. But thanks be to God, Jesus loved Everett more than you do, more than you could, and better than you ever could. Because before Everett could ever love Jesus, Jesus loved him. And he laid his life down for him. And just as God was faithful to Everett on January 5th, 1934, so too God was faithful to him again on April 4th, 2021. When Everett was a helpless little infant who could do nothing for himself, Jesus was there and washed away his sin and saved him. And again, when Everett was a helpless old man who now at the end of his life could do nothing for himself, Jesus was still with him. And he took him into his arms from this veil of tears and gave him a crown of life. When Everett's lungs stopped breathing and his heart stopped beating, when he couldn't move or even be faithful to God anymore, God was faithful to him. And if God was faithful like this to Everett, then he is also faithful to you. And he will not leave you nor forsake you. Because the God who loved Everett is the same God who loves you. God loved the world in this way that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So no matter how unfaithful you have been in this life and how much you have sinned and failed, what a great burden of guilt and debt you owe and have in your heart. Repent and rejoice because your salvation does not depend upon your faithfulness to God but upon the Lord's faithfulness to you, which does not waver. So abide in his word and repent and believe and put your faith and hope in Jesus alone. The one who saved Everett is the one who will save you. Now, I want to say one last thing before closing. Uh, when I was at your house visiting you, you brought out a box of cards and paper and memorabilia. Right? You remember this? Uh, we looked through those cards and uh, there were hundreds of wonderful things and we were just looking through all of those. But uh, one of the things stood out to me the most, I, I, and I took a picture of it, and it was a card written by Esther Fisher, his own mother. And she wrote the word, she wrote that card 73 years ago 
from today, 73 years ago, when Everett was 14 years old, 14 years old, 73 years ago, she wrote these words. And this is what she wrote in there. She said this, my dear son, Everett, this is my prayer for your confirmation. It's the day of his confirmation. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Always confessing that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Your loving mother. (laughs) That was her prayer to God 73 years ago. And she was praying about this day. She was thinking about it and prayed to God. She knew she couldn't be here for this day, but she knew that the Lord would be. And she knew that God would keep Everett faithful unto death and that he would never be ashamed of the gospel and fall away from it, but that he would be saved by it. Well, Esther, God answered your prayer. God was faithful and kept your dear son faithful unto death. And now he wears the crown of life. God be praised. He is faithful to his promise. A thousand things will fail and fall apart and our own hearts and our own flesh will fail us. But the word of God endures forever. Everett now has what he longed for, what he wanted the most, and what we now wait for. And he's with Jesus, and he always will be. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen.